You can call me lots of things, but given that my firm is donating the exhibitor fee for the veterans' community action teams, Trader isn't one of them. So today we have a special broadcast because we've got dual-purpose recording going on. We have the YouTube channel, this video. We also have simultaneous recording of the Maximize Your Medicare podcast, which is available on iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you listen to podcasts on your phone or over your computer. I'm Jay. I'm the author of Maximize Your Medicare this is the 2018 edition available paperback ebook anywhere online just go to the website maximizermedicare.com you'll be able to find it so today we're going to be talking about medigap plan f and plan g and comparing them i'm going to be giving you a couple of very important insights on why persons would choose plan f or plan g for specific situations this is some stuff about me. I'm a certified financial planner. You can find my quotes about Medicare matters in the national press. I speak in public a great deal of times uh, throughout the year, various locations, large and small. Most important thing today, not financial advice. In order to give financial advice, I need to know a lot more about you specifically. So while I'm qualified and licensed to give financial advice to people, that doesn't mean that today's video, my newsletter, the podcast, the 67 episodes, none of it financial advice. On we go. This is the standardized Medigap grid. So quick rundown. Remember, you need to have Part A and Part B. None of the new applicants to Medigap uh, have prescription drug coverage means you have to buy, buy Part D separately. Some people pass because they have access through the VA, for example. That is a possible way. We will discuss whether or not that's the best way uh, in future episodes. But the point here is the, the first word here from this slide calling it standardized. What does that standardized mean? It means that they are directly comparable to one another meaning that you can see the source here is Priority Health, which is you know high-quality insurance carrier based in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Well, the fact of the matter is that, let's just call it Plan M from this carrier, is identical to Plan M at every other carrier. There is no leeway for the carrier to may have any differences in the quality of coverage in the terms and conditions of the coverage. They are identical down to the comma. Of those plans, Plan F is the most dominant, most popular. It's not dominant meaning 50%, but it is the most popular amongst those plans that you see here. Generally speaking, higher premiums. Why is that? Very simple. No out-of-pocket expenses for medical services as long as those services are deemed to be reasonable and medically necessary as defined by Medicare. So, 
if Medicare approves the, the procedure, whatever health services you've received, healthcare services you've received, then Plan F will pay for the out-of-pocket expenses that original Medicare, the red, white, and blue card, does not cover in full. Like other Medigap plans, Plan F has a similar other set of very important characteristics. Number one, no network, meaning if they accept your red, white, and blue card, they'll be accepting your Medigap plan. There's no way for the carrier to change the terms and conditions of your coverage. No way. So what ends up happening is the carriers have to call it guaranteed renewable. And that's a technical term. It's an insurance jargon term, which basically says, as long as you pay premiums, the same terms and conditions when you signed up, they continue. Meaning that the only one that can cancel is you. Now, the terms and conditions stay the same. That does not mean the premium will necessarily stay the same. So I'm going to veer off here for just a moment. It cannot be future increases are not based on your case. It is based on the pool of other policyholders that the carrier is defining. We'll get that to the end. In, in addition to that, right, the carriers can must use 80% of premiums received on claims for that pool. So if they do not, they will give you a refund. They are they must give you a refund. That is a clause built into the Affordable Care Act. So I hear, well, yeah, they get you in and then they just start increasing the prices. That has limits. They need to use 80% of their premiums received on claims. Plan G is also clear. You can see here by the bullet point, the premiums are lower, assuming it's the same carrier. Okay, why is that? Well, in addition to responsible for the Part B premium, a point I made before, you can see the asterisk at the bottom. You are also responsible for the Part B deductible, which is $183 in 2018, unchanged from 2017, but it can be changed by the CMS annually. And the CMS is the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. That is the governing body of Medicare. Well, it's the governing body for the billing and administration of Medicare, I should say, more accurately. So like Plan F, once you meet the Part B deductible of $183, there are no out-of-pocket expenses for Part B services. There are, again, no network, no way for carrier to change the language, no way to change that coverage, even though the premiums may change. Same medical loss ratio, that 80% still applies. The only one that can cancel is you. So it looks like these two plans are very, very similar, except for the Part B deductible. You'd be right. Almost. Going to have to put that on a pause. So you can see it there. Again, the only thing that is different between Plan F and Plan G is 
the fact that plan F covers the Part B deductible, plan G does not, meaning that you are responsible. Now, not only are you responsible for the money, what they didn't, what they probably should tell you there is you are ultimately responsible for the administration. So this is an exercise you can see sometimes in advertisements when you compare plan F and plan G, right? Which is plan G, $115 a month. That is a good ballpark. Okay, that is for a male or a female, depending on your location, when you were first turning 65, that is a good number. Okay, now other locations can be higher, but that's because your cost of living index is higher. Right? This is not a nationally identical premium plan. That is not how insurance works. Okay, So you can see under plan G, you owe, you are responsible for the first 183. And if you just divide through by 12, that will allow you to compare plan F to plan G exactly. And there it is, $15.25 a month. So. Let's, if you start with plan G at 115 and you add the $115.25, you should get a plan F equal to 130.25. That is almost never what you see. Instead, what you see is a plan F higher than $130.25. Okay? So, you can very easily see that people try to claim very simply. Well, it's obvious. It's obvious. Plan G is better value. I should always choose Plan G. And the point of today's video is to basically, like Lee Corso says, not so fast. Right? Because what isn't told here is that you are not only responsible for the $183, you're also ultimately responsible for keeping track that all the other players here are also calculating correctly. Okay, and that has errors in it. The chance for error here during the processing of this 183 is not, the chance of error is not zero. Okay. I hope this doesn't happen to you. If it never happens to you, what ends up happening is, yes, you can just keep the difference between plan F and plan G. I totally agree with that. And from that, yes, the advertisements you, you may see or receive in the mail, yeah, that, that can be absolutely the case. However, it fully presumes that the billing process has gone smoothly. Practical reality tells you it can be different. Let's take a quick look. So a very important part of Maximize Your Medicare is our sections. They're anecdotal evidence. They're anecdotes. They're stories called This Happens. And this certainly happens. So here's what can happen. The healthcare provider, your doctor, your, the billing office, blood work analysis lab, submits your bill to Medicare first, right? Medicare primary. They send it with the wrong code. Possible. 
Now, what else can happen? The write code gets sent. CMS makes an error. Well, let's not, I'm not throwing stones here, right? It doesn't matter to you. Well, it does matter because it just complicates your life to resolve the situation. But my point here, there are multiple ways that errors can be made. And let's just take a look and see what happens. And I'll give you a very simple example. So now let's just say you go to your general practitioner for an office visit and they magically charge you $183. It's clear. And it's January 2nd. It's very clear. If you have Plan G, you are responsible for 183 right? Clear. And then you need to go to a specialist and they charge you $250. Okay, so what can happen here? Let's say the primary care physician has submitted correctly at 183 to the CMS, but for whatever reason, somewhere, somehow, CMS doesn't correctly record and credit you towards the Part B deductible. And then you go to the second doctor, the specialist, at $250. In that instance, there's no way for the specialist to know. All they know is they've submitted to CMS and CMS hasn't paid them anything. And as a result, the bill comes to you. So you can see it there in my bullet points here, right? The next healthcare provider bills Medicare. Medicare, for whatever reason, doesn't think that you've satisfied the Part B deductible, meaning you're responsible for the 183 out of that 250. You, you've thought, hey, look, I've paid the 183 from the primary care physician. You think you're covered and that the Part B deductible is satisfied. So you believe you are not responsible. So now you can see it, right? Medicare doesn't, the specialist thinks you're responsible. Your Plan G provider also thinks you're responsible. You think that your carrier, Medigap carrier is responsible. Your Plan G carrier is responsible, according to you, because you've satisfied 183. Instead, what ends up happening? You start getting bills from doctor number two. And in extreme situations, the specialist office, they turn you over to authorities. Authorities meaning services to collect on medical debt. This kind of thing happens. This happens. Okay? And so in addition, so you can see it here. This conflict doesn't exist under Plan F. Why? Because you're not responsible for 183 right from the jump. So as a result, since you're not responsible for 183, you're also not responsible for 250. Your Plan F carrier is responsible for everything, period. Your Plan G carrier, who can be the same carrier, they're going to rely on the fact that you have paid the 183, the Part B deductible, and that you have paid it, 
and the CMS knows it because the carrier is going to call up the CMS. They're not going to physically call. You understand my point. They're going to reach out to the CMS and verify that you have satisfied the Part B deductible before it starts paying doctor number two. Well, in this instance, they don't, the they meaning the insurance carrier, they call the CMS. CMS says no. Patient has not satisfied the Part B deductible, meaning that the insurance carrier is not on the hook for anything yet. The idea that this happens is ignored, or I, I don't, I'm not really sure. I think what it is is that that people like just look at the math and without the practical reality, without actually meeting people that this happens to, and see the distress that it creates. So now we have a new math, and you know I've I've, I've probably like reshot this video like ten times because of so many errors and trying to get the marbles out of my mouth. So I'm not going to redo it here, but this has a typo, but the. Principles correct, meaning let's just take an easy example, plan G, $115 a month, like before. And if I add the $15.25, you get to 130.25. Now let's say your plan F is $140 a month and not $130.25. So which means that you are paying an extra $9.75 a month. Now, this highlighted stuff for people on the podcast, you don't have to see this typo. The people here on the video, you can see it. I have $14.75. It's actually $9.75. I was going to make the different plan F price. So it looks like plan F is $9.75 extra on top of the equivalent of plan G when I add the Part B deductible. But because of this example here. The reality is plan F has also removed another risk, which is the risk of administrative error. Now, I didn't say this is good value at 60 extra dollars on top. I didn't say that plan F is a good idea at 200 a month compared to 115. All I'm doing here on this podcast, on this video, is presenting to you this comparison that it's a private and ultimately a financial question. Is this worth it? Well, that's up to you. That's not my role here to tell you, I told you, not financial advice. It's not my role here to tell you with certainty that F is better than G or that G is better value than F. Because your individual situation can be wildly different. Let's just take, say you're on plan G. You never go to the doctor. You go to him once or him or her once a year, right? So you don't meet the Part B deductible because there's no need. So in fact, you're saving a lot more. Well, yeah, okay. Today, that is the case. If you can say that for certainty forever, well, bless you. I hope so. Okay. 
In which case, there's no your actual savings is a lot higher than the nine seventy five. It's nine seventy five plus all those years you did not meet the Part B deductible. Okay, fine, agreed. But for others, that's not the case, right? So first of all, just what I've described here, just to avoid this situation entirely, this $9.75 a month, they pay. They pay. It, it's not worth, I don't know, half a bottle of wine. Well, I guess it depends on what, I guess if it's wine in a box, I guess it's, you know, half a box of wine a month. Okay. For some people, that's up to you to decide whether or not it's a tax. So that's why I call this video and the title of the podcast as the difference should be thought of as convenience tax. For some other people, it's a lot more serious than that. Who are you? You have a medical history and a situation which you know with certainty is going to require ongoing medical service. Who are you? Incurable disease. Um, part B injectable medications, where you know you not only need to have blood panels, diagnostics, doctor's visits, specialist visits, and ongoing monitoring. And the simple reason is common sense tells you. I go to the doctor five times a month. I go and have a test once every three months. The chance of this mistake here is higher. That's it. We don't need to know anything about insurance. We don't need any of those ridiculous letters after my name, Ivy League degree. None of it matters. All you need to have is some common sense here. I go to the doctor five times a month, right? Practical reality tells you the chance of an administrative error and the ability for you to unwind that administrative error can be way too high. Why? All of a sudden, people want to call me. Sometimes, you know, people don't call me for days. Crazy. Now they call twice within the same 20-minute podcast. Okay. So anyway, now you have this pre-existing condition. What, else, what other situations? I detest administration. There are some of you out there. I want to get a piece of paper from the doctor's office and I want that thing to say zero. Zero across the board. And only when it says something that isn't zero do I know there's a mistake. That's plan F. Okay, Under plan G, you've got to administer the 183. Okay, And as you age, you may not have the support system in place to help you administer the 183. Okay, that's a real thing, right? New York Times, we are running out of caregivers right for the generation when it needs it the most. I'm going to swerve over one extra point here on this, which is, yes, you can have an adult-aged child who is helping you, okay? The issue here on top of, well, first of all, that's a blessing. Of course, we all know that, right? If you have an adult age child willing and has the time to help you, that is great. That all said, Medicare works 
differently, right? And what is troubling, the challenge to Medicare, the reason that crazy people write books about Medicare is very simple. The language looks the same. The language works differently under Medicare. Last point, then we're done. I don't need to uh, wear you out here on this podcast. 2020, Plan C, Plan F will cease to exist for new policy applicants. Okay, so now I get to take my victory lap because we do get to go into the time capsule, the 2013 edition of Maximize Your Medicare, the original. It said, look out, these two plans can are subject to being changed dramatically. And a couple of years ago, that dramatic change occurred. You cannot be a new, you cannot newly apply for Plan C, Plan F on January 1st of 2020. That cannot be the effective date. Okay? That also means that existing policyholders, what I said before still stands. Meaning, if you are a policyholder of Plan C or Plan F, no one can kick you out. Period. The only one that can cancel is you. Now, I get asked, I've been asked over the last months, both on air, on talk radio, as well as, you know, in the press, national press, you know, journalists have asked me. They've asked me, given the fact that Plan F is not going to exist in 2020, doesn't this mean that Plan F premiums are going to start accelerating? Because of the fact you're not going to have newly turned 65s as part of the policyholder pool. And before we conclude that, the answer is going to be uncertain. Yes, no, uncertain. This one is uncertain. It is, again, not a slam dunk that the answer is yes. Okay, why is that? Because the reason is, is that right now, if you're 75 years old, it is very unlikely right now that you're grouped with a 65-year-old. It's almost inconceivable. Why is that? Because every, the people who are speculating that this is what's going to happen, they don't understand that the carriers are doing this today, already. They've been doing it. Do you see every single time you see the plans have been repriced? Carrier number five has entered into your state, and then three years later they've repriced their entire set of Medigap plans? They could have been regrouping all of you and starting new policyholder pools. That's their right to do so. That's their prerogative to do so. I'm telling you that is what's happening now. So the idea that in 2020, all of a sudden, we're going to be flipping some light switch, which was not used, that is not possible. I'll leave that with you to conclude what you want with that information. All I'm saying is that the rationale that I'm hearing about it, the speculation that I am hearing, witnessing, doesn't have that extra fact added in there. So then all of a sudden people start running rampant, right? And 
I don't need to tell you. We've got a society which loves to take the soundbite and run rampant. That's the website for the book, MaximizeYourMedicare.com. There's a free newsletter. It gets sent out every Saturday. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to write you. The newsletter can be shared. You should share it. Because part of the system we, the part of the systematic problem we have is not only do you not necessarily have all the full facts. I hope you do. But there are persons who aren't watching this, who are not listening to the podcast, who do not read the newsletter, but they should. That's my schedule. So I run a professional firm. You can reach out to me as you wish. Please subscribe to this YouTube channel. Next up, I'll be comparing Plan F and G to Plan N, which is another popular plant.